Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you this morning. May those words be more than just words on our lips. May those words be the words of our heart. Understanding, Lord, that you came for one reason. To right the wrong in each of our lives. To cover the sin that each of us have done. You came for one purpose for us. May our hearts be open to hear that this morning. May we be reminded how much you care for us and how much you love us. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe see the... I know it's going to be hard for you to believe, but I, you know, a week of vacation, and I learned something new. I just wanted, and this has nothing to do with the sermon, but I just, as I was, I thought this is way too important not to share with people. Um, I learned on Friday that there are not only one band in the world named the Marshmallow Overcoat; there are two bands in the world named Marshmallow Overcoat. One with an A, one with an E. Who'd have funk it, right? <laughs> I think it's a little hard to find good quality music in the middle of the Allegheny State Park at Friday night at 8 o'clock. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was an interesting evening. <laughs> so this morning we're looking at a passage. Uh, this Tuesday we'll be doing that baptism, and I, I just really want to uh, encourage you at this very moment. Um, if that's something you haven't done, I'm hoping by the end of the sermon that you hear uh, one of the things that really stuck out as I looked up and spent some time reading God's word about baptism is that a lot of times, every time in scripture, it talks about baptism and repentance at the same exact at that time. So they, they realized they needed repentance and they were baptized at the same time. We in... Uh, we in this world we live in, we have separated that. Uh, but I think Scripture, I, I, I kind of like that idea. They, they, they made a decision, they understood what repentance was all about, and they jumped into the water, like the, realizing that that was a sign that showed that repentance. And so hopefully you hear that in this morning's sermon as we talk about it. And I uh, appreciate Pastor Victor reading that uh, passage. This passage comes right on the heels, this very same moment that the Holy Spirit had come at Pentecost. And if you remember that passage, it starts out in chapter uh, 2, verse 1, that is where it, the Spirit comes upon the people. And you may remember, it's still morning, and these people are speaking in tongue, tongues that they do not know, languages that they didn't know. Because they said, aren't these people all just Galileans? Something, ma something magical had happened at that moment when the Spirit came upon them. And the passage right before uh, where we're reading this morning says, they must have had too much wine. 
That was the, that was the, so there were, there was this cynical concept, uh, this idea like something's wrong, something's in the water today, uh, because people don't speak the wrong language, something big happened. And so there's this very distinct, um, two separate people in the midst of this uh, passage. There's the people who, who are like, I'm not really sure about this thing. And they say, well, they must be drinking. And the other side is, something's going on here. It's pretty important. And so Peter stands up and he, he has to tell them uh, what's going on. And so what, Pe- what does Peter do? He breaks out in the sermon right off the bat. And what's he do? He starts out in Joel, in the, the prophet Joel. And he talks about, um, the, the prophet Joel talks about the spirit uh, coming upon people in the last day. That's how, how it's written. And Joel is looking forward at that moment uh, for that time. Uh, Zach, can you get me to... Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the, the hearts of the people who heard Peter's message and responded. Can you think for a moment about a time when you had to make a decision that altered your life's direction. The decision maybe was when you graduated high school, whether to go to trade school, whether to grab a job. When I graduated, well, I wasn't in the, I didn't have to worry about being near the top of the list, so getting a job was the thing that I was going to do right off the bat. I didn't even think twice about that. Um, But for some, college was a decision to be made would that be the direction that you would go? Maybe the, the decision was to get married. Maybe for some of us, we can remember that moment when we made the decision to get married. Or maybe to move away from home. That first time we would move out and live on our own. How about that decision to follow Christ? Or the decision for some to change churches or to move in and out of other people's lives, our friendships. Um, I think a lot of times we don't think much about those relationships that come and go, right? If if we're not careful, we don't realize that we look back 10 years and we'll be like, this picture, I don't really know all these people. You go back 20 years and it gets harder. You go back to your, your, uh, your early years and you're like, whoa, most of these people, I saw my my. Wasn't my fifth though, Brian. My my uh, reunion was last night also, and I looked at some pictures and I'm like, "Yeah, I know this one. I know this one." And about the other thirty pictures, I had no clue who those people were. Now, when I graduated high school, they were probably important, uh, but now they're not so important. So, what about that moment that you made that most life-altering decision? At that moment, you had to take a chance. At that moment, whether you like it or not, you stepped out in some kind of faith. Right? You had to take a step hoping, believing, caring, dying that God would direct that path. Maybe that wasn't even the plan, but you had to take a step of faith. And that's where we're at this morning in this passage. So Peter's tying the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, beliefs together, and he's talking about David. David had, 
He, David's in a grave, but David believed. And he, he goes back and he reads, um, he reads some of that passage. And this is what he says in verse 36. He says, Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He made him the ruler and the Messiah. Now, we don't live in a world like they lived back then. These people, the Jews, they were wanderers. They got pushed around. They got kicked out. They were moved. For some of us, we have hardly ever moved, right? But these people would be pushed out of their land to another land, to another land, taken captive. Oh, we'll let them go free. We'll put them back. Oh, we got kicked out. And they continued to look for this leader, a king, right? We remember in the Old Testament, they were always looking for a king. They wanted someone to be in charge. And Peter says, this is the guy you've been looking for. If you read the prophets in the Old Testament, you realize very quickly that they were looking forward to a Messiah. The Jews were looking for that Messiah to come. The hard part was when he came, they had a hard time seeing him. They had a hard time believing. This morning, this passage talks about a listening heart. They had, the people who heard God had a listening heart. They heard the good news, and they responded. Why? Because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. They hadn't had that leader. They didn't have that person in front of them to guide their way. This week, I spent a bunch of time around a fire very similar to that. And I spent a bunch of time with my nieces and my nephew, and they're like 5, 7, and 11. I don't know. Something like that. And it was really amazing to watch. We had a fire pit, and we kept the fire going pretty much a week long. Uh, And those kids would find these little sticks. The poking sticks, you know, they would be like four or five foot long. And on the end, it would be charred from when we had pushed the fire around. And these kids had one amazing talent. They were able to get them lit every time, right? So they'd stick them in there. Of course, it's a fire, right? It's burning. And they would decide to pull them out, not just one of them, but two of them. And they thought that smoking flaming sticks was a really cool thing to joust with. (laughs) Right? Why wouldn't you do this? And so there's smoke and chars and, you know, and it was not the oldest one. It was the, like the five and the seven-year-old. And they're, so they're, they said, hey, Joey, let's do this. <laughs> and they're, they're doing Star Wars in the middle of the fire. You know, One, they're right next to the fire. Two, they're jousting, smoking, uh, burning sticks. And someone would holler at them, and they just ignored them. You know, you know how that is, right? They just they didn't hear it. They couldn't hear it. Until someone like, got real stern and said, hey, now put it down before someone gets their eye poked out. But the one moment I realized that it was just not that they couldn't hear, but that, that they didn't hear, or they chose not to hear, was the moment that someone said, Red House Store. Now, there's a store just up the road from where we were at. And in that store is like the five-year-old's dream, right? It had all kinds of toys and all kinds of things that little kids would just absolutely have to buy. The whole row had like 
uh, pop pistols and it had army men and it had cars and it had magnets and it had the whole. And so my sister-in-law said, said, just had mentioned to her husband about going to Red House store. And Joe, he picked up, his ears perked up like, Red House store, and he was running for the car. He's like, I'm not going to miss out on this plan. <laughs> no, not leaving without me today. And I, and I recognized real quick, as like, Joe can hear just fine. When he had the stick in his hand, he wasn't listening, but I'm sure he could hear it. But boy, when we said Red House store, of course, he came back. Of course, it was like Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. He came back. He had some kind of fossils. I don't, I don't even know what it was, some chunk of sand with fossils in it. Thursday, he came back with some other fossils. And I don't know, Saturday, he might have had a bare tooth. I don't know. Every time they went, you know, he had, they had to bring something home. But I realized really quickly that they didn't, it wasn't that they couldn't hear. It was that they didn't hear. They chose not to listen. And isn't that how it is in our own lives? Is that we choose sometimes not to listen when God is calling. We choose to not make a decision even though we know what we've heard. What you have, if you haven't heard it this morning, understand that it's a really simple message. Jesus went to the cross for your sins, for my sins for my failures, for my mistakes. Jesus went to the cross. That is the message that Peter is reminding them of. And if you have a listening heart, that makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference in your life. Second thing that happens here is that they have an open heart. Verse 37 says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said, what must we do? They were cut to the heart. It wasn't a little scratch or a flesh wound, but rather they were cut to the heart. Philip in the Ethiopian, that's another uh, popular baptism uh, scripture, talks about, uh, Philip says to the Ethiopian, if you believe with all of your heart, meaning that Understanding it is one thing, but believing it and accepting it is a, a very different thing. You know, there are difficult moments in our lives, right? And that seems to be the time when we go closest to God. There's times in our life when we know there's a God and we have no problem with that, but we're doing our own thing. And it seems to be at those moments in life when we have nowhere else to turn is the time we turn to God. Something big happens. Something big happens in our life. And we realize there is no place to turn. And for some reason, that opens our hearts. I thought a lot about uh, the 9-11 uh, time during 9-11 when, uh, when the towers went down. I can't believe it's like six, 17 years already. That's crazy. Um, but you may, have, you may remember that they said that for the weeks following after 9-11, people flooded the churches. People were in church more in the weeks following the 9-11 uh, tragedy more than ever. But you know what they found out over the years? 
that the numbers are no different today than they were before, or right, not very far after. Within a few weeks, people were right back to where they were. And within a few weeks, weeks their, their, their hearts were closed right back up. They didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't believe that this God could save them. And for a moment, they were open and willing, and yet it closed right up. And for us as God's people, as we come to this place today, I ask myself and I ask you to, to ask this uh, of yourself, are you willing and do you have an open heart? And if you have an open heart, maybe it's time to make a decision about your faith. Maybe it's time to talk to God about this baptism idea. See, because for lots of people it's, all right, I heard, I heard the gospel. I, I prayed a prayer of repentance. But I'm not quite ready for baptism. I don't know that I've got enough points in my pocket for baptism. See, I don't think it, I think a part of it, or maybe a bigger excuse is, I'm afraid to get in front of people. Okay, I give you some of that, a little bit. But the scripture doesn't say you have to have 10 good points to get baptized after you've made this repentance in your life. That you recognize that God was the only thing that could save you. It says they were repented and they were saved. It's that, that just, it's connected. And so I'll ask you that question. Do you, do you think it has to be separate? Because I don't think it does. But you do need a willing heart. You need a heart that's willing to step out in faith. Because once they had said, hey, what are we supposed to do? They were cut to the heart and they said, what do you want us to do? And this is how Peter replied on verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's just that simple. Repent and be baptized. They needed a willing heart. Luke, uh, Luke 3 3 talks about uh, John the Baptist uh, going around. And that's what he was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And same with, uh, same with Philip the eunuch. And the eunuch, he, uh, he was going along, and once he realized that he needed to repent and be baptized, he stopped the cart right there. He said, here's some water. Let's do this thing. Now, I want to be clear about one thing. Baptism isn't required for salvation. But it sure is a nice, clear picture of uh, that repentance and obedience. I'm going to tell you about a, a friend of mine. I don't, I, that's really hard to read. So the little yellow spot is Thailand, and I don't know if probably not many of us have been there. It's far, 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 far away. Well, I met a friend a uh, couple, about a year ago, I met a friend, and uh, she's in my class in Geneva. 
She's 42 and she has a son, 17. And about two years ago, God called her to move. Now, I wasn't there when God called her to move. But God called her to move to America. Now, mind you, she had been here once before as an exchange student uh, at 17. But at 42, she's doing life with her family and her son. And she's, just, she's going through life, following after God, being involved in the church that she was involved in, uh, spending a lot of time uh, seeking God. And God called her to move to America. I don't know about you, but that's pretty crazy to think about. Everybody that she knew was in Thailand. Everybody that she had spent time with was in Thailand. She had nothing in America. And she's, she's kind of a stubborn uh, personality sometimes. And so she told me, she said, I spent a lot of time talking God out of this plan. She said, I thought this was a better idea. that I, I had a better plan than God had. And so she spent some time making excuses and, and understanding uh, that there were things that she had lots of good reasons to stay. And yet God kept nagging at her heart, nagging at her heart, nagging at her heart. And so she got a visa. In order to get to America, she had to get a visa for, uh, for, to go to school. And that's what she did. And so, so she's in America today, this morning. She lives in Pittsburgh, actually. Because God called her to move across the world. Why? I always tell her, I said, I don't know why God called you to move, but I do know this. You are a willing participant to move where God asks you to move. And he will bless you because of that. She's here getting an education that, uh, and, and so you think, well, a lot of, we, we hear that a lot of people take their education and they go back. And she's not interested in going back at this point. She wants to be here, to stay here, to minister to people here uh, through, with a counseling degree. Um, but she was more than willing to come. And I asked myself, when I, I hear her, heard her story the first time, I was just blown away that someone would go from Thailand to Pittsburgh. Right? At least go south where there's no, there's no snow. I don't know. And if you know anything about Geneva's uh, counseling program, it's really small. <laughs> there are a whole lot bigger colleges with a whole lot, um, a whole lot more uh, accolades behind uh, some other programs. But she felt called to go to Geneva. And I, I can't help but wait. I always tell her, I said, well, when you write that book, that first book, I'll, re I'll, I'll be the first one to buy that book. Uh, because God has a plan for her life. Uh, in the midst of all that. And he has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And so that's really the, the point of today is to ask you that question. If you've heard God's voice this morning, if you've heard God poking at your heart, encouraging you to make a step of faith, and this doesn't have to be about baptism alone. It happens to be the passage we're talking about is about repentance and baptism, but there are a lot of things in our lives that we need to take a step of faith to. We need to work our way forward and trust God. There's so many things in our lives that we get so hung up on because we're not willing to move forward. We're not willing to hear God's plan and to step out. 
I'm excited about the baptism on Tuesday. I'm excited to see people take that step of faith, to walk out and say, you know what, God, I'm going to let you direct my life. I don't know about you guys, but I can remember the very first one we went to. And then we went to another one, and I see those people who stepped out in faith, and it's powerful to me. And, and if, you, if you have nothing, I would make a plan to be there Tuesday because God works in some powerful ways. Year after year, we watch these people be baptized, and we see where God works in their lives, and God begins to mold them and change them and shape them. I always tell people when we talk about baptism, there's nothing special in the water, right? There isn't. It's not like magic water when we go down to the lake or when we do it here. But there is something special in, in that, that moment of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to give my life to you, and I'm going to see what happens. There's something special in that moment that when you say, listen, I don't know where this is headed, but I know I'm going to take a chance. Scripture is just so plain. It says, repent, be baptized. If you made a, a, a step of faith and repentance, it might be time to be baptized. On the other hand, if you haven't made that step of repentance, that baptism means nothing. It's just water. It's just getting dunked under the water. They go together. There's a passage, and I don't have it in front of me, but there's a passage where, oh, I do have it in front of me. It's Acts 19. And uh, Paul's like, hey, did you get, what baptism did you get? Did you get the one with repentance or without? And they're like, we don't know. We just got dunked under the water. He's like, well, you got the wrong one. You need the repentance to go with your water. This morning, if you haven't made that commitment, a commitment to follow Jesus, I would encourage you that when we sing this last song as we prepare to take offering, that you come to the altar. If there's something that needs to be laid at the altar and left there and given over to God, I, I just ask that you would make that step. And if baptism is something you want to do, Goodness, don't miss this opportunity. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so thankful for your word. Thankful to be reminded, Lord, that, that Jesus took our sins on the cross. That Jesus recognized, Lord, that there was no way that we could ever do enough to make a difference. And so he came, he lived that perfect life, took it to the cross, he was raised again for us. That we might have eternity. And Lord, the only thing we have to do is ask and to believe and to take that step of faith. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who hasn't heard that message, who hasn't had open ears, willing hearts, that, Lord, you would drive them closer to you today, that you would encourage them to step out to make that commitment. Lord, I pray for anyone who's who has not been baptized and, Lord, has made reasons, excuses, or whatever that is, to not make that step of faith, Lord, that you would draw them close. I pray, Lord, that as we've watched people over the years be baptized and you directed their paths, you have uh, taken them in some really cool uh, directions. And Lord, we have watched their faith grow. 
And it's not by coincidence. It's by that, the fact that they stepped out in faith. They took a chance on you, that you would follow through, that you would hold them tight. Lord, I pray this morning that there's uh, anyone that, who is in that spot, that you would encourage their hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.